Three, two, one, execute. Life is 10% what you make it and 90% how you take it. Welcome to the 321 Biz Development Podcast. My name is Clarence Rick Napier, CEO of 321 Biz Dev LLC, located in Sacramento County, California. 321 Biz Dev LLC is the only company with sales systems for white collar professionals who did not have access to affordable sales and business development training in college or through certification programs. 321 Biz Dev is the company to call when you or your sales team want to master the following four main sales functions contacting, prospecting, appointment setting, and closing. 321 is the number one sales performance destination for attorneys. CPAs, insurance brokers, dentists, real estate brokers, and real estate investors. In addition, 321 features the most talented business professionals on our podcast from North America and from around the world. 321 BizDev services are available worldwide where the English language is spoken. Our website is 321BizDev.com, powered by SiteMarket.com, and we can be reached toll-free in the U.S. and Canada at 833-321-3212. We hope you enjoy today's podcast. Well, today, uh, 321 BizDev listeners, we are excited to interview interview today's guest uh, from New York City, Shania Wilson, CPA, MBA, and PhD candidate. And Shania is also the CEO of FOLA Financial LLC. And uh, Miss Wilson, soon to be Dr. Wilson, is a sought-out a sought out after speaker on both coasts for financial advice across many business industries with her knowledge of business, money, and finance. So it's now my pleasure to welcome to the new and improved 321 Biz Development Podcast. Good afternoon, Shania. How are you doing? Hi, good afternoon, Rick. Thanks for having me. Very excited to share my story. And Shania, I have about 10 questions for you. My first question is. Can you tell our audience about yourself, where you were born, raised, background, education, and past occupations? All right, great. So um, I was born in the Bronx, raised in the Bronx. I actually moved a little bit around New York, so I did live in Brooklyn for a little bit of time. Then I moved to Yonkers um, during my high school years. Then I went to Morrisville State College for my college years. I got my associate's degree from there. I guess growing up, I didn't really know about college and how to really apply, but I knew that I wanted to go to a school for accounting because I love business and I love numbers. So after getting my um, associate's degree from Morrisville State College, I went on to SUNY Oswego and got my bachelor's degree in accounting. Knowing that I wanted to become a CPA, I had to obtain 150 credits. So instead of just taking credits, Aside from my bachelor's degree, I decided to stay for an extra year and go for an MBA. So I got my MBA, yeah, when I was 22 years old. Nice. (laughs) I was the first in my family to graduate with an advanced degree and the youngest of my graduating class at 20 years ago. Nice. So, um, yeah, so after going to 20 years ago, I studied for my CPA exam throughout my master's degree program. And then I was able to land a position at PricewaterhouseCoopers. So I was at PwC. Thank you. I was at PwC for about a year and a half. Um, If you include my internship, you can say two years. I did intern there. 
Um, and I was doing auditing, specifically in the telecommunications media um, market. So I worked on cool clients like Viacom and um, Clarivate. So it was like more media clients. So it was really good. I had some really good exposure. But I knew that my passion really laid in education, which is why during my time at PwC, I decided to study for my GMAT exam during busy seasons. I was working 70 plus hours a week and I still studied for my exam because I was determined to get into the PhD program. So as of March of last year, I got my acceptance into two PhD programs, which were Baruch and Rutgers University. But I decided to go to Rutgers because the program was accounting information systems. And I knew that I wanted to get, stay in accounting, but learn new skills. So like at Rutgers, I'm learning how to program, how to code, all skills that are going to be needed by accountants in the future. So that was like my plan with it. And aside from being a full-time PhD student now, I do have my business, Full Out Financial, where I provide tax services, bookkeeping services, consultation, and financial education to individuals, organizations, not-for-profits. My real goal is to continue to educate people in all areas of my life, whether it's in academia or business, and just to use my knowledge to benefit people and allow people to just grow themselves and grow their businesses with good financial knowledge. That's awesome, and that's a that's a great, uh, you know, educational and and work history, and your accomplishments is just phenomenal uh, for for your age or for anybody, but for your age specifically, that is a mm-hmm. those are major accomplishments. Now, my my next question, Thank you. specifically, why did you? Because you said you mentioned that you loved numbers. Why did you decide mm-hmm. to pursue a career in accounting and finance? Hmm, math was always my best subject. So I did take an interest in science and in math. And with math, the the thing that appealed to me the most was the ability to solve problems and the fact that it it can be solved using more than one method. So I fell in love with that, which kind of, when I think back at it, it reminds me of the reason why I'm in my PhD program, because with methodologies, you can have one problem, but then there's several different methodology steps that you can take to solve it. And the same thing with accounting. We can have one problem, whether it's a tax situation or a bookkeeper situation, but there's always multiple ways to solve that thing. So I would say I do love math, but I guess it's more so the problem-solving aspect that allowed me to just want to become an accountant. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That's nice. That's mm-hmm. nice. Okay, my next question is... I know you mentioned that you worked at uh, PwC, and yeah. so I got this is like a two-part question. What was what was it like to work with uh, at, at one of the big four accounting firms? Uh, what kind of experiences did you have uh, dealing with? Like you said, you work with uh, you know telecommunications industries, and then you said you said to yourself one day, I want to be an entrepreneur. Please explain mm-hmm. what what that was like to work for one of the big accounting firms, and then one day. You woke up and you said, I want to be an entrepreneur. I want to be my own boss. Mm-hmm. Um, so my experience at PwC was good. So if you ask any public accountant, they're all going to tell you that your work experience really matters on the team. So fortunately for me, I had a really good team. My managers were cool. We worked really good together. But what kind of drove me away was not even more so the hours, but I just didn't feel like I was making a good enough direct impact. 
And for me, growing up in a minority community where we need a lot of help, instead of, you know, spending my time and my efforts at a corporation that's already established, I just thought, how can I use my talents and my skills in a way to give back to my community and help people who really need it? There's a bunch of entrepreneurs out here who are trying to be great and they have so many good ideas. They have the drive, the power. They don't have a good affordable CPA that they can call on when it comes to figuring out financial problems. And I felt like that was more of my calling, being able to, yes, be this great CPA and be this great financial expert, but more so being able to give back to the people who really needed it. Um, it just felt more fulfilling. And that's why I had the drive to start my business for Life Financial. Nice, nice. Okay, my next uh, question, Shania, is the, the CPA industry is, I mean, the, the industry is just vast. And there's a lot mm -hmm. of different ways businesses and individuals can access uh, CPA services. What is your niche market? And you know, what type mm -hmm. of clients do you support? And what type of services do you provide to your to your clients? Mm -hmm. So it's, it's so crazy that you asked me this question because I literally think about this constantly. Um, so <laughs> you know, there's one thing to be great at what you do but then there's one thing to be great at a specific thing and being great at that specific thing is what's going to make you valuable and that's going to bring it's going to let allow you to monetize your brand and your business more so um i had to really think back and take a look at my current clients in the direction of my business and who was contacting me for my services and i found that a lot of either millennial entrepreneurs um so people who are my age um and youtube influencers or social media influencers they have been contacting me and it's pretty cool when you think about it because traditional accountants have no idea of how to deal with people who are making money through social media through youtube through instagram people who are getting paid for advertisement so to be of this age and know that that's the direction of how advertising is going and to be able to work with these type of clients is kind of what's been giving me a lot of business lately because I am young, so I get it. I understand how the business works so I, and I understand how the finances work. So I would say my niche market has been millennials, um, creative entrepreneurs, I will say, and um, all types of influencers for sure. Nice, nice. Now, you're the CEO mm -hmm. of uh, Fola Financial, LLC, and uh, so what was the, uh, the the motivating factor or factors that caused you to, you know, say, I'm going to start this financial company, I'm going to make it official, I'm going to call it, uh, you know, Fola Financial, LLC, and I'm going to be the CEO. Mm -hmm. I think that's awesome, by the way. So tell us about <laughs> your, your company where you serve as the CEO. Okay, so um, I guess I wanted to start... The LLC. I call this FOLA Financial. So I guess we can take a step back and then speak about what FOLA means. So FOLA in itself is a Yoruba name um, stemming from a Nigerian origin and it means honor and wealth. So of course that name was easy to apply to what you should seek in a, a CPA. You want somebody who's honorable and somebody who's going to help you to build wealth, right? Mm -hmm. <laughs> so I kind of use that um, name Ola and I really stick with it in terms of my business. Um, appointing myself as CEO just kind of came along with the fact that 
right now, aside from my interns, I am the only like professional really doing the groundwork for my company. Definitely going forward, um, because I had such a successful year thus far and tax season thus far, I do plan on expanding and trying to have somebody partner. So whether that's having somebody else come on and take on a position as a CEO or someone else just help me with operations. But um I guess I, I pointed myself as a CEO because I do everything from marketing, from client acquisition, to doing the groundwork a lot of times, to meeting with people. And I don't mind, um, but I think the position of a CEO should encompass all of that. A lot of times people start businesses and they appoint themselves as officers, but they're just sticking to one specific area. And then for me, I kind of do everything. Um, which is challenging but rewarding at the same time because I can assure that my clients are going to be in good hands because those hands are mine. <laughs> nice. I like that. I like that answer. Mm-hmm. Um, so my next question is, you know, the CPA, that's sort of like, uh, you know, a business owner's at least in my experiences, and then probably you can, you'll probably agree, but the C, the CPA is like, you know, for, for business owners, you know, CPA, you know, come look at what I'm doing and, you know, give me guidance so I can keep my business, you know, moving forward and, and keep, you know, m- and maintain the success of my business. What do you see mm-hmm. as the primary role for CPAs, you know, in New York and in Los Angeles across, you know, across the United States? Mm-hmm. I feel like the primary role of a CPA should not only be to make sure your clients' finances are in order, but to educate them. So a lot of times when I speak with my clients, the, 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 when I ask them about their service or how they felt about meeting with me, their response is always, I learned so much. So I kind of take that to heart. I want to make sure that whoever I'm working with, they're learning a lot. Um, because it's one thing to be a CPA and give your clients a report that's showing them how they're performing and give them numbers. But then there's another thing to actually explain to them what these numbers mean. How could they look at these numbers and figure out ways to improve, to make these numbers change for the better? Or things that can happen that will, that may allow these numbers to change for the worse. So giving your client the ability to actually have this knowledge of analyzing their own numbers is going to allow them to make better business decisions, make better business moves, and ultimately become more profitable. So I think the educational aspect is what CPAs should start bringing to their clients more. Yeah, you answered. You answered my actually. You answered my next question uh, in answering the current question I ask you, and I'll just tell you just mm-hmm. from my experience, and I think I may have sent you a link that a lot of business owners are saying, "Yes, I, I have a CPA or I have like a, a great accountant, but I'm looking for some guidance to make my numbers grow because mm-hmm. you, pretty much anyone can put the numbers in the columns and and have it you know generate you know profit and loss statements and and show the health or the uh, the, the pain that a company may have, but I'll tell mm-hmm. you, you're on to something that small business owners are looking for that that almost partner, in a sense, to help them, uh, you know, keep their their business profitable, like you said. So that's a that's a great mm-hmm. way to that's a great way to you know, as you're starting your practice, that's a great way to look at it. So my next question is that okay, now you were out in Los Angeles about a week ago because we we were communicating <laughs> back and forth a little bit. And mm-hmm. Los Angeles was my former corporate uh, stomping grounds, where I worked as a vice president of operations for a healthcare company. 
What mm -hmm. projects? Now it seems like you're working. You're in Baltimore. You're you know in New York. You're in Los Angeles. What are you doing with? How are you helping clients across the country? <laughs> um. So in terms of taxes and um, my education, it was like whatever I do consulting. My clients are everywhere. So I have clients in Atlanta, clients in Chicago, clients, and obviously in Los Angeles. And um, one of my clients, she is a travel nurse. Actually, she just stopped her job as a travel nurse to pursue her entrepreneur endeavors. But the company that she used to work for is in need of a financial education program. And so a lot of travel nurses, they make these huge six-figure jobs. Right, But that's right. a lot of them are getting themselves into even more debt. Or a lot of them, because they are travel nurses and their contracts are short, long, they don't, they're not putting money into retirement. They're not contributing to a, a savings account. They're not contributing to a health insurance account. So um, because travel nurses are lacking that financial information, and um, when my clients spoke so highly of myself and one of my colleagues about the education that we brought to her, her company actually wants us to put on a financial event in Los Angeles, which is going to happen on May 4th. So I'm super excited to be invited back to do that. I'm not going to be really huge. It's going to be an opportunity for me to gain more clients um, and also just an opportunity for me to just share more information because, like I said, my ultimate goal is just to be a resource. Mm -hmm. Now, is that the mm -hmm. event that you spoke about on May 4th? Yeah, it's going to be on May 4th in Los May Angeles. 4th. I will be there. I'm, I'll come and check and check that out. I will definitely be there because I have my, my son okay, goes to college well, down there. So, info. yeah. So, um, so that's awesome that you talked about that because you're right. A lot of uh, people that have, um, you know, highly specialized, you know, certified, you know, degrees like nursing and and dentistry, it's, it is often that they don't have that that financial education to make great mm -hmm. financial decisions. So you're again, you're right on track. And, uh, you know, and, and keep it moving on that tip because I think you're going to really be able to help a lot of people. Now, I only got a few mm -hmm. more questions to ask. And my okay. next question is that you completed your, your MBA in, in record time and record speed, and you're now working on your doctorate certification. What is the mm -hmm. subject matter um, for, your C for your PhD, and why did you pick the area that you're, gonna, that you're working on? Mm -hmm. So my PhD is going to be in accounting information systems. Um, as I stated earlier, I did get accepted into two programs. One was specifically just accounting, and then the later was accounting information systems. The reason why I chose accounting information system is because of the technology component. Nowadays, even if you read AIPPA publications, they're talking about accountants and their lack of technical competence and their lack of analytical skills. So in my PhD program, we do study the disparity between how the industry is moving with technology, such as blockchain and smart contracts, and the fact that accountants in practice have no idea about how these technologies work. So there's, you know, there's miscommunication and technology is only going to continue to improve and speed things up. So us as accountants and us as researchers should be providing the information necessary for those in the profession to learn and educate themselves about these technologies. How to use blockchain for audits, how to use blockchain or smart contracts to track inventory, 
Um, and then there's a bunch of other, even cryptocurrency, how is it in- impacting the financial industry? How cryptocurrency can be trusted? How can it be used to build trust? Um, so there's like a bunch of things that are going out and people are just talking about these crazy technologies and these new cryptocurrencies, but nobody has no idea about how they really work. Um, and it's just so funny because a lot of my friends told me that they invested in blockchain. And because I'm a student now, I know how the underlying workings of it actually go together. And I'll ask them to explain, like, all right, what do you know what Bitcoin is? Um, they're like, oh, it's a cryptocurrency. Do you know how it works? Like, what's the underlying technology? They have no clue about how it works what powers it, what gives it power, and how it connects companies together, and what the purpose of it is. Because ultimately, the purpose is kind of what really drives the price of it. It, it, it was going up and decreasing and increasing due to speculation, but the reason why Bitcoin is still there is because of the underlying blockchain technology that it actually surfaces. So and that's definitely why I chose the county information system because I know that technology is the future so if I can be in a position where I'm a CPA and I'm an accountant I have this accounting knowledge but now I also have this technological component to add to myself and then also to my business so what you just basically said about uh, about uh, Bitcoin and 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 uh, blockchain are you basically saying that 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 the uh, crypto is funding or serves as the glue for the blockchain technology did i get that right or is that what you're saying um so it doesn't serve as a funding what crypto is is a reward system so in order to power blockchain and for it to work efficiently and effectively it takes a manpower so the purpose of creating bitcoin and Ethereum and these other lit coins were to award the people who are actually doing the technical work to power these blockchains. So that's that's what Bitcoin came from. The fact that um, in order to have a blockchain, you have to like do this performance called a proof of work. People who did that were awarded a Bitcoin. That's not you know that's the first time I've ever heard that. Heard it explained that way. Mm-hmm. And it makes sense. Mm-hmm. And, and it actually <laughs> it actually provides more uh, relevance and and teeth to the whole you know idea of uh, Bitcoin and cryptocurrency. So thanks for that explanation. I'm, I'm sure You're my welcome. my listeners. I'm sure my listeners. This is this is probably the first time they've heard an explanation like that. So, so thank <laughs> you very much. So I, this no is my uh, one of my final questions, and I just want to say, Shania, you've been a gracious guest on the Three Two One Biz Development Podcast. And do you have any final comments? And can you tell our listening audience how to best contact you if they have any business, finance, or, or money concerns? Mm-hmm. So I guess my final comment um, to all of the entrepreneurs out there, whether new or old, make sure that your business foundation financially is sound. So whether that's ensuring that you have a proper method of record keeping, making sure that you are actually filing business taxes, whether you're even filing at a loss. Filing at a loss can be even beneficial to your personal return. So just making sure that you are in compliance. What you don't want to do is grow as a business and the fact that you've been neglecting your financial needs is going to hinder you from taking the next leap and taking advantage of an opportunity that may prevent that may present itself. Um, and then if you need to contact me, um, my email is 
Shania Wilson at OlaFinancial.com. My website is OlaFinancial.com. Um, I'm also on Instagram. You can find me at the People's EPA. And that's really um, the only method of time just to get in contact with me. I only really use um, um, Instagram and my website. So, <laughs> Right, right. Yeah. And if people listening to this podcast definitely have a, like a strong interest and having a you know uh, private business conversation with you, I know how to contact you also. You know to make sure that a person that wants to you know reach out to you uh, from my podcast will. In other words, I know how to I know how to reach you. So that's that's great. Mm-hmm. So I want to uh, thank you for coming on the three two one business development podcast, and uh, I want you to have a great day. And we'll be in touch because I tell you what, you are a phenom in terms of. I mean, I haven't <laughs> met too many people like you. It kind of reminds me of my days <laughs> in corporate America when that one person that was on the team was a shining star, and I, and I definitely think you're it. So, thank you so much for having me. This was amazing. Great questions. I hope this content is beneficial to all your listeners. All right. Okay. You have listened to the Three Two One Biz Development Podcast. Three Two One Biz Dev is the only company with sales systems for white collar professionals who did not have access to affordable sales and business development training in college or through certification programs. Our website is 321bizdev.com powered by sitemarket.com and we can be reached toll free in the U.S. and Canada at 833-321-3212. We hope you enjoyed today's podcast. Make it a great day.